Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us Phil Gunger. Phil Gunger is the Chief Operating Officer of Laugh Your Way America and an Associate Pastor at Celebration Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, if Phil's last name sounds familiar to you, it's because he's the son of Mark Gunger, the CEO of Laugh Your Way America. Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage has been one of the most popular marriage seminars in the country since 2003. It's about helping couples get it right, get along, and have fun and achieve a successful marriage. Now, being the son of a somewhat famous dad, Phil grew up learning the principles to a successful marriage, being taught from an early age what God says about love, relationships, and marriage. He's been married to his wife, Kirsty for 15 years, and they have four children. Phil shares the same passion for marriage as his dad with a great desire to help couples thrive in their relationships. I asked Phil to be on the show today to talk to us about how we can laugh our way to a better marriage, as well as dig into how he's applied these principles in his own marriage. So with that being said, I want to welcome Phil Gunger to our show. Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Man, I'm so excited about you being here, Phil, because, you know, we've talked a lot about marriage on our podcast and we've covered a lot of different issues, a lot of um, serious issues when it comes to marriage. I mean, from infidelity to pornography, you name it. And but yeah. we haven't talked about the topic of humor. <laughs> and so and I and I love humor, man. I, I mean, my wife and I, we we kill each other a lot. But I can't wait to find out because you guys have such a successful ministry and what you're doing. And I can't wait to find out more and let the world know, because it seems like everybody knows about your ministry, but there's got to be some people out there who doesn't even, they don't even know you exist out there and oh, what sure. you guys are doing for the body of Christ. So I'm excited to have you on, man. So thank you for yeah, being here cool. today. Before we get started, Phil, I always ask our guests when they come on to give us their favorite Bible verse, you know, that, that verse from scripture that gives them inspiration. And uh, Phil, what's yours, man? What gives you inspiration in the word of God? Yeah, well, you know which one lately has been really good is, um, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Mm -hmm. And here's here's why I love that one is, you know, oftentimes I think we we it gets misquoted or but you know kind of it's 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 a verse that you think oh that means I can do absolutely anything and conquer things in my life. Well now while that's true and there's tons of scriptures that hit that this one in particular, this is when like just. He's talking about life just being awful, no matter how bad it gets, mm -hmm. and no matter how tough things get. And he said he's learned the secret to finding joy in all things. And that's, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So for me, it's like, you know, no matter how tough it's getting, no matter how dark sometimes it might seem, that that's okay. I can make it through this, and I can find joy even in the tough times. So that's one of my faves. Now, Phil, you know, and, and I'm thinking it may not be ironic that because that's your favorite scripture, that that kind of um, 
some of the inspiration behind what you guys do with <laughs> with laugh your way oh uh, sure america because you're talking about finding that joy and sometimes i'm thinking that god is sending me a message because I, I was in a bible study last night and they were focused on that particular scripture so i'm hearing that this is the third time within the last three days <laughs> that and in, 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 in the context because you hear that scripture a lot but in the context of what you just said about having contentment and, yeah. and being finding joy so maybe god is trying to send me a message so <laughs> so i appreciate you sharing that man yeah, <laughs> really yeah, absolutely and yeah it's, i mean it's a great one for marriage i mean we talk about you know so many of us you know i, I think a lot, a lot of people sorry i might be jumping in here before you no, uh, go, go, go right ahead man. no I, I you know i see a lot of times you know people think that um you know well if if God's really in my marriage, then I'll never see any trouble and mm-hmm. nothing will ever go wrong. And, you know, if any trouble pops in your marriage, sometimes we don't know what to do. And we just think, well, then something's broken, something's broken. Right. But the truth is, sometimes life just gets real and life gets tough, you know. So what I love about that verse, it reminds us that, no, no, listen, sometimes things won't go as planned, but that's okay. Because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So. Amen. Amen. Now, Phil, in the beginning, I briefly mentioned your ministry and what you guys are doing with Laugh Your Way America in the intro. But I want you to tell us a little bit more because I just kind of went through your 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 bio. But tell us yeah, a little yeah. more about what you and your dad do through your organization and why he started it 13 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so he uh, he got into this the marriage thing. And to be honest with you, it was um, really just God sort of leading him you know he he started doing um he got into the marriage thing really because he was a pastor on staff at this church and the church and the pastor said okay who wants to talk about marriage to our people because i don't really want to do it really <laughs> yeah. wow oh, yeah <laughs> and Goodness. and my dad's like well i'll do it and so he put this thing together he started talking about it it sort of you know took off and so he thought okay maybe i'll do these marriage seminars so he, he did some marriage seminars um, but he, he wasn't sure this was what was, was going to work. And he thought, ah, these things aren't working. No one wants to hear what I have to say about this. And he was just going to focus more on just, you know, you know, uh, ministry inside of the church and pastoral ministry. And so he said, you know what, I'm just going to finish up the last couple events that I have. And those last couple events, each one sold out. Wow. And he thought, well, that's odd. And then he still thought, no, I'm still going to, you know, I'm just going to focus on pastoring and, you know, I, I don't need to do this ministry. And then the successful businessman came along and said, I'd like to back your ministry by the tune of, you know, whatever it was at the time. And he's like, I want to take you national. Mm-hmm. To which my dad responded, wow, okay, <laughs> you know. And so it was kind of like, I guess God's trying to tell me something. So he started doing this deal. And now where – the whole concept of the laugh your way to a better marriage came from is um, when it comes to the topic of marriage, and especially when you say the word marriage seminar, the truth is most men do not want to go to a marriage seminar. Right. Most men are going to rate marriage seminars right up there with rectal exams, okay? <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, I know I should do it, but it's not, I'm not really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So my dad said, you know what, I want to just take this approach of incorporating laughter in it. And so we, you know, he incorporates humor and, and uh, just really being real with guys to get these points across. 
And so that's sort of how it started. And then it took off and people were really responding to it. And, you know, and it's, and it's amazing. I mean, you know, still every weekend and that we can, and we're going out and doing these things and we'll, we'll hear it from guys of just like, man, that was so great. Like you just said it in a way that I could finally understand it, Right. you know? And that's really our focus. The reason the laughter, the reason all that stuff is because really we are trying to reach men. Man, if I if, if our marriage seminars, if it was just about getting the ladies there, we would sell out every single event. Because right. all you have to do is mention marriage seminar and all the women are lining up at the door, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's the guys. And um, you know, one of the things that we noticed, you know, uh, when my dad started putting all the stuff together, you know, found lots of great content. But he found a lot of it was geared towards trying to turn men into women mm-hmm. and and he thought you know what that's just not right you know he said god made us the way that we're supposed to be we're not just sick disgusting perverts right we're men god made us this way we still have to learn how to do it the right way but just by trying to turn men into women it's not fixing anything you know and so through this humor approach he can come in and he can start so he started laying off just some real simple truths, and a lot of what we do is trying to get men and women to understand the differences between each other, you know. And it's all kind of just done around this humor thing. So, um, yeah, what we found when you can get people to laugh about things, you can hit some topics that would normally make them squirm. Right, right. <laughs> so you can start getting them laughing, and they're like, "Ah, you know what? Yeah, that's true. I do that. I do that." But if if you just attack them and say, you know, because, hey, listen, we could preach everyone to hell and back if we wanted. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes you do that and people, they put up their guard and they don't. Yeah, yeah I don't want to hear it. But when you start bringing in the humor, it, it sort of opens up their ears to be able to hear, um, you know, some pretty direct truths. Now, Phil, you guys, obviously marriage is a broad topic and you guys incorporate humor in it. But what now, how long is the seminar? Is it a two day, day and a half, all day, half a day? And based on the length of time, what topics under that do you guys cover in a typical seminar? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a a two day, but it's like a Friday night from like 7 to 10 uh, and then a Saturday morning, 9 to 12. So there's about five to six hours of content in there, you know, because you got to have breaks and what have you. But the... Um, the topics that we hit, and again, the whole, the, the biggest thing we're, we're, we really try and get through, and we have four sessions over those two days, okay? And and the number one thing we're really trying to get people to understand is the why behind why they do what they do. Right. Because, you know, we are by nature selfish beings, and typically most marriage problems are, how come you're not more like me? Because clearly I'm genius and correct and there's something mentally wrong with you you know i mean that's that's what a lot of it just boils down to but when you start to understand the why behind why someone does something Mm -hmm. and everything changes Mm -hmm. you know and and we see that in our lives right you could be working with someone and all of a sudden he walks in and just all week this one co-worker's just been in a bad mood and grumpy your first reaction is just to think like what the heck's wrong with this guy why is he being such a jerk blah 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 well now if all of a sudden you find out like oh wow his wife's really sick and he got some bad news Mm -hmm. Well, okay, now all of a sudden you you chill out, right? And even though nothing's changed, he still is acting like a grump. But now because you know why they do what they do, 
everything changes. So what we do is the first session, it's called The Tale of Two Brains. And that's probably the most famous one. There's video clips of my dad all over YouTube, you know, him talking about the differences between men's and women's brains. Mm-hmm. And so we go and we talk about just the differences between men and women. This is why a guy thinks this way. This is why a woman thinks that way. It's it's all in stereotypes, you know. Um, right. So sometimes you have to interpolate because sometimes the guy might be like, oh, my goodness, I'm more like the woman there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we, we do that just for the sake of time. We don't have time to go through all the 8,000 different combinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go through the differences between men and women, how they think, how they deal with stress, how they communicate the words they use, uh, how they listen, <laughs> you know, which of course most women say, yeah, men just don't listen. Right. No, no, men listen. It's just different. And then um, the next section session we hit, it's called the number one key to incredible sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we'll get real with that one, but it is not a how to. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, yeah, if, if, if you don't know how to, you're going to leave not knowing how to. Okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't get into that, but we, you know, but we talk about, um, you know, uh, and we focus mainly on the woman in that session. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I mean, quite honestly, all a man needs for great sex is for his wife to show up. That's right. right. I mean, it's like, hey, she's there. It's good. Let's go. That's right. All he needs to get into the mood is oxygen. It is oxygen. Here we go. Let's let's go, baby. But uh, you know, but so so we focus on what the lady needs. She's a little bit more complicated than him, and we'll Mm. go through that. Uh, we'll use a lot of scripture from a uh, uh, song of Solomon. We'll go through that. Um, and then, uh, so that's Friday night, Saturday, we hit, um, a session called, why does he do that? Why does she do that? And we actually look at, um, uh, kind of how we're made and we use, uh, an assessment that we have called the flag page. Right. It goes through and it explains kind of, you know, some, some personality stuff, um, kind of what makes you tick and stuff like that. And we go through that in that session. And then uh, the last session is called How to Stay Married and Not Kill Anyone. Oh, right. <laughs> and uh, we hit in that one about how to, as we call it, let, not letting the score get way out of balance because, you know, we score everything that we do very differently, you know. Um, and when a man goes through his day, he's quick to give himself huge bonus points for everything he does, Right. You know, him going to work is, I mean, that's 2,000 points right there. You know, just the fact he woke up in the morning is 500 points. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, he, I mean, he gets, that's, and, you know, and this is why a lot of guys, when they come home at the end of the day, they have no problem sitting down and contributing absolutely nothing into mm-hmm. the family. Because in his mind, dude, I've, I've earned like 1,500 points. Like, you know, you need to catch up. Right. <laughs> the problem is the wife also scores. She just scores differently. She just gives one point for everything you do. So sure, she appreciates that you got up. She appreciates you went to work. She appreciates all the stuff that you did. But you come home, man, you got like four points. In her mind, she got up. She went to work. She got the kids ready. Mm-hmm. She made dinner. She did the laundry. She did, You know, she's got 15 points. And so and this is why she's gets upset at him and he gets upset at her. So we go through and talk about how to help the guy learn how to keep that point system in balance. The same thing for the woman. And then really at the end of the end of it, we give the – really important thing and that's called no matter how bad the score gets remember there's a reset button that reset button is called forgiveness okay no matter how out of whack it gets if you guys can't learn how to forgive you're gonna get bitterness in and bitterness is just unforgiveness is just the craziest thing joe to be honest i mean it's you know unforgiveness is it's where you take poison and hope the other person dies right right all you're doing is destroying yourself 
You know, I'll never forgive them. I'll never forgive them. And it's not hurting the other person. It's just hurting you. So we, we teach people, we teach them how to forgive. And at the very end, we have them recite this little forgiveness thing and they're good to go. But it's really, I mean, it's a marriage seminar designed for men. It really is. It, it really, the whole thing is geared. There's no, you know, we don't have any emotional breakout sessions. Um, you know, there's no homework to do. Um, they just sit, laugh, listen, and learn. And that's uh, kind of in a nutshell of what the, the weekend looks like. You know, and that's good, Phil. I mean, I also I'm taking notes down here too. So in a sense, it's really not, the humor is just something that makes it, I guess, digestible and palatable for the man. Because like you say, we're a little bit more resistant to getting the help we need for our marriage or even admit that we need help in our marriage. So you make it a little bit easier for men to be able to take by incorporating humor into it. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's where the humor part comes into the thing. Gotcha. Um, because, you know, women, I mean, they love to talk about relationship stuff. You know, I mean, uh, the guy, uh, if you ever heard the author John Gray, he's oh, the yeah. men, uh, men are from Mars, Mars, women are from Venus. Venus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says it in a great way. You know, he says that women are like the the gardeners, you know, always tending and taking care of everything and always pruning and always very hands-on. And men are like firemen, where for most men, they don't step to action unless the building's on fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you've ever you know, counseled with married couples, you know exactly what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. What you'll see a lot of times you got this lady and she's comes in and she's finally had it, right? Mm-hmm. And she's just done. And now is when the man jumps to action and he comes and talks to you. He's like, oh, so I was a jerk and I should have done this. I should have done that. But I'm, I'm willing to do anything now. But a lot of times it's too late, man. You know, she's, she's just She's had enough, and so it's like you know, trying to get to these guys before that happens, and say, "Listen, you guys, you know that in any other area of your life, you can't ignore it, right? You know that with your work, you always need to keep focusing. How do I get better? How do I plan? How do I stay sharp? Uh, with your health, we get that, you know. Um, even in our sports and our hobbies, you know, it's like we take time to focus and to practice and to do everything. But for whatever it is in our marriage, a lot of men we think, you know. I do means I'm done. Yeah. And we just, we stop right then and there. And uh, most men won't jump up or focus on their marriage until a major problem hits. And uh, so so we try and get them in and get them to understand that like, hey, yeah, this is something you need to be focused on this thing, <laughs> you know, more than just every 15 years or something. This, right. just, this is a, this is the most important human relationship that you have in your life, dude. You need you need to take care of that. So. And Phil, what we're going to do, we're going to shift gears a little bit because you guys have been around for 13 years doing this. Um, and you obviously you've had a lot of success within hundreds of churches across the country know about Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage and your seminars and your conferences. But I want to share, I want you to share with us some things that maybe most don't know. Um, like what it's like, what it was like for you growing up in your household with your mom and dad and siblings. Like, first of all, do you have any siblings? I do. I have a sister. Okay. So kind of give us a picture of what it was like. Um, what kind of impact did your dad's philosophy on marriage? Because you said he was asked to speak by the pastor to say, hey, somebody <laughs> talk about marriage. I don't want to do it. So tell us what kind of home did you grow up in, man? And what kind of environment did he create for you guys? You and your mom. Yeah. 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 My, my parents are a huge influence into why I have a successful marriage today. Mm-hmm. And you know what's the greatest testimony is? You know, most people think, well, sure, that makes sense, Philly. I mean, you grow up, you got this 
international marriage speakers, a dad growing up, and you had pastor dad and all this. The truth is, no, my dad was not even in ministry when I was growing up. Mm. He started off in ministry real young, and he was always kind of he's, – he's just a funny guy, and – Every pastor in his life told him, dude, you can't be funny. Dude, you shouldn't be funny. <laughs> wow. And he was. And they basically, they told him, you're not meant to do ministry. So he believed him. Hmm. And so he got out of ministry. So my dad growing up, I mean, he was just a small business owner. He, did, he didn't get back into ministry until he was in his 50s, man. I was out of the house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, but I think, honestly, <laughs> this is the greatest testimony. I grew up seeing my father live this stuff out mm. and it was before he had it all figured out eloquent he, before he had all the cool illustrations figured out mm. he was just really it boiled down to him living out the way jesus taught us we're supposed to treat each other mm. you know but he just lived it out man him, him and my mom you know and the, he just he he taught us about marriage and, and uh, what, what i loved about it is he didn't say phil in order to have a good marriage you need to have enough money Phil, in order to have a good marriage, you have to be at least this old. Phil, in order to have a good marriage, you have to have this education. Because quite honestly, none of those things are really the truth behind what makes a good relationship. He taught me, Phil, a good marriage is about commitment. Phil, a good marriage is about going through the ups and the downs of life. Phil, a good marriage is built around you treating... (laughs) each other the right way Mm -hmm. it's about yeah there's sometimes you got to have arguments and go through stuff but you don't be mean about it right you remain nice in this thing you can love each other through all of this stuff you know i mean not everyone in the bible agreed shoot they said there's time the apostles had as they put it no small dispute you know these these guys would argue stuff back and forth they still love and respect each other right we can do the same thing that's to me, what was so amazing was seeing this stuff played out. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when I was a young man, 18 years old, I was excited to get married. I couldn't wait to get married. Wow. I couldn't wait to go through and I have friends, but dude, but you're going to go, you know, but you don't have a job and you don't have the education and stuff yet and your money and this and that. I thought, money? Edu- job? What? I said, no, that's not what it's about, man. Any of that stuff can go in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I want to build a relationship that survives no matter how much money we have, no matter what my job situation looks like, because I want that woman there doing that life with me, right? Because if you think it's all about money, man, as anyone knows, you could start off with money, think you're going great, and all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So now what? Now your marriage is going to fall apart? No, man. So I was excited. I was excited. No, I want to go through the hard stuff with my wife, you know? And, uh, and so I... That's what drives me, you know, because while I grew up with a lot of this stuff being put in me, you know, when I go out and I would, I would just start traveling with my dad, I wasn't speaking yet, and I would travel with him kind of behind the scenes and helping him. And I was amazed to hear how many guys would say, man, I'd never heard this. Mm-hmm. I have never heard anyone say that. And, you know, and then there's some people that said, man, I wish I would have heard this 15, 20 years ago, you know, and and it got me thinking, like, you know, especially my generation. It's a younger generation. You know, most of these people, they, they don't know what makes a good marriage. They have no clue. Right. That's why most of them are f- afraid of it, man. I've got, I've got, I know guys, they're 
in their 40s still just afraid to get married it's like they're it's just it just seems like the worst most life-sucking institution they could possibly <laughs> think of so it's true bad. and i just sit there thinking are you guys crazy man i wouldn't be the man i was today if i wasn't married you know, Phil, you know? i often tell guys i said uh because they sometimes people accuse me of um trying to discourage them from getting married and i'm and i'm that's the farthest thing from my mind i love marriage i told him i said no i said but i got to tell you the truth I said, when it works, it's the greatest thing in the world. I said, but if it doesn't work and if it's not working and you don't get it fixed, it could be one of the worst experiences you will ever go through in your life. I said, so you have to go in with your eyes open and being ready to work at it. Because you mentioned your dad and I'm sure because I, I mean, I could easily go off into the topic of what kind of dad did your dad have to be that kind of father and husband? in the household with you guys. I'm assuming he came from good stock or at least someone mentored him or discipled him in order for him to know how to do it the right way. Am I, am I assuming wrong or is that about correct? No, no, he, he, he did not. Him and his, his dad, you know, we're Puerto Rican uh, and, and yet we've got a, a Turkish last name. That's what Gunger is. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Miami, and I'm, I would have never connected Puerto Rican with your last name. Nah, Gunger. nah. <laughs> he he was born a Rodriguez, and ended up a Gunger. No nah, man, his dad walked out. His wow. dad walked out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or he might have been kicked out. I'm pretty sure he had girlfriends on the side, which my grandmother was not a fan of, so mm-hmm. she kicked his butt out. Uh, now married a Turkish dad. Now he he was a great dad, and he loved those kids like uh, his own, which is great. But my dad says he said he said you know what I I did is I took when he got saved he got saved about sixteen or something mm-hmm. and he said it just completely changed him he said I just really started living my life based off the Bible and I started treating my wife the way that Jesus told us we're start supposed to treat others yeah what a concept <laughs> what a concept. you know it's so it's so crazy so as as simple as it is. Um, that's really what made a huge difference in him. And he just started applying it to other things, you know, so that, that's where it was like, you know, as far as how we, you know, Jesus taught us, here's how you re- treat someone. If you feel like they're not treating you fairly, he says to love them anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is that what they smack you in one cheek, you turn the other. If they did. And it's just this concept of how you're supposed to treat each other, how you're supposed to love each other, love others, you know, as you love yourself. Um, you know, the, these, these concepts, again, they make sense if if you apply it to your boss. Oh yeah, yeah, I should treat my boss like that. You apply it to a coworker. Oh, I get that. You apply it to your neighbor. Yep, I understand that. All of a sudden, when you apply it to your spouse, it's like all the rules of love, all the concepts of being nice seem to go flying out the window. Mm-hmm. And some of those people you see at church that are the nicest, sweetest people at church, you get them home and it's like, Wah! you know, it's like. They just go off on each other, right? And yeah, so it's 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 a lot of that stuff that just boom. You apply it to your life. What a difference! What a difference it makes. But not he he did. You know, when you're talking about you know telling guys, you know, like yeah, being married could be the closest thing to heaven on earth, mm-hmm. or sometimes being the closest thing to hell on that's earth. Right. I know but that's right. but the yeah, the truth is, if you go in thinking it's all just supposed to be lovey dovey, mm-hmm. happy go lucky all the time, uh-uh. Or if you think a good marriage just happens, nah. You know, the truth is, marriage is hard. Yeah, yeah. It can't, you know, it is. And the truth is, the things that your spouse does that drive you crazy might very well drive you crazy till the day that you die. Mm-hmm. Which the good news is, I guess, that 
you die. (laughs) (laughs) There is a God. (laughs) (laughs) But now you start putting this, putting these things into practice. It's an amazing life giving institution. And it really, it truly is. This, the truth is most of us, it's like most men just, they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And when they think relationships, they just think like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what a woman wants. I don't know how to make her happy. I don't know how to act. Man, that's why, that's what drives me to do what I do. Yeah. No, you Phil, know? I, I kind of equate that to, I, I say, as men, we're called to be somewhat like spiritual lifeguards, you know, over um, the people God has put in our lives. I say, but the unfortunate problem is most of us have never learned how to swim and we're afraid to ask for lessons. And it's ministries like what you guys have, you and your dad have, have built to say, you know what, we're going to teach some swimming lessons to these guys and let them know that, yes, it's hard work. Yes, it, it, it takes some time and attention, but you can do this. You can do this. And you guys wrap it up with laughter and humor around it to make it <laughs> something that men can receive. Now, ah, it does. And, 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 you know, and one of the, you know, for the men out there too, just to clarify this, you know, a big part of our seminar is getting women to understand that men are men. Mm-hmm. Thank because you for that. Mo- <laughs> it, 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 I'm serious. Thank most, you most of the hardcore, like intense stuff is mm-hmm. us trying to get women to stop doing some of the things that they're doing that right. are damaging. Right. You know, if, if you ask most women to describe their ideal husband, do you know what they're going to do? They're going to describe another woman. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> if he was just more sensitive at this and if he just cared about, you know, just companionship and sharing. And we say, ladies, if your husband only cared about companionship and sharing, he would have gotten a golden retriever. <laughs> That's right. Okay? And you get him to understand that they're not busted or broken. God made us this way on purpose. And we show that. And we use things in the scripture. So, you know, especially when I'm ch- speaking to church groups. Now, if I'm speaking to a non-church group, then I... Just say that I'm speaking from some ancient text, Middle East text. <laughs> yeah. But but to go through and to get these women to understand this is how God created them. Look at how God treats men. You know, like, for example, treating men with respect. Mm-hmm. You know, you think, well, I'll treat him with respect when he earns it. Right. And we say, no, 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 dear. Respect is much too important of a thing for a man to be dependent upon his earning it. And say, for, for example, look at what God does. How did he treat Simon who he changed his name to Peter. Mm-hmm. He told that man he was going to be a, a rock. When he said that, man, that dude was more jello than rock. Mm-hmm. Or you think of something like Gideon in the Bible. Right? When the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, that dude is cowering yes, in the basement is. somewhere because right. the Midianites are in town kicking butt and taking names. Mm-hmm. He wanted no part of that. Angel of the Lord shows up. What does he call him? The mighty of, warrior. Yeah, mighty warrior, man of valor. Mm-hmm. That dude was no man of valor. Yeah. But because God gave that man respect before he earned it, it turned him into a great mighty warrior. And that dude went on to kick some serious tail, has one of the most lopsided victories in humankind because God gave that stuff to him. Abraham, same thing. Great, great respect bestowed on that man before he was any father of anything great. And in fact, you know, he reads some of the stories of him, you know, like when he goes to the, he's traveling with his wife and the king sees uh, Abraham's wife and says, man, who's that? What does Abraham say? Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's my, uh, that's my sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like this guy's kind of, he, he wasn't worthy of any respect. Mm-hmm. 
And yet God comes along and gives him great respect and changes that man. And we try and get women to understand that you guys do not buy into this junk that culture is thrown out there, that men are just broken, disgusting, don't know nothings. And you just need to rail them all the time. So you need to start giving your husband respect before he earns it. You see, you know, women used to know this. Women used to understand that when I respect this man, he can become great. Mm-hmm. And we can get those women to understand that, that that's the greatest thing a man desires. And we tell them, we say, hey, listen, by the way, ladies, you know, one of the most respectful things you can do to a man is make love to that dude. Okay. Like <laughs> those two, those two are connected, but you know, but no, a lot of women, you know, well, until you are perfect, until you're just like this, mm-hmm. that's when I'll, that's when I'll reward you. And we, we, we teach in that. So for a lot of guys too, you know, it's very healing for a lot of men because all they've heard is why you're so awful. You're so awful. And all you do, when you do that to a man, all he does is shut down. He just shuts down. And Phil, I can see now why, you know, the men will, will love these type of seminars because they would love to try to communicate this to their wives, but may have a difficult time doing that. And what you're saying, I, I mean, it's very powerful. It's very, very powerful because what you're saying is that with that woman being our help me, she can call out of him what God has put in him. Because yes. God did that to show us as an example that he called these men great before they were worthy of respect. I mean, even my mom, ironically, had taught me when I was a kid. She says, and I now I, I work with teachers a lot of trying to get them to get the best out of kids. And I share something that my mom taught me with these teachers. I said, until you can see a child as they could be, they'll never be what they should be. Yes. And we can't wait to see it in order to speak it into them. And so um, that that goes right in line. I, I never made the connection with having you so eloquently said it of that's exactly what Christ did. That's exactly how God did with them. He spoke it into them. He spoke the life into them before they were. And I, shoot, I can, we can even go back as far as Adam. <laughs> what he yeah, did, told Adam. And Adam wasn't worthy of respect after he, you know, started living a little bit, you know, yeah. but he spoke it into, he gave him that respect. And oh, I love that. That is great. Phil. I, I, I'm glad how, I'm love how you broke that down, man. That, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, so it, it's a it's a big thing, for, you know, for the guys to understand. Yeah, dude, we're going to show you some ways you can win with your wife. But yeah. just so you know, too, if there's one around, this is actually one you want to bring your wife to yeah, because I'm going it. to help. Yeah, I'm going to help explain to her some of the things you. And it's true, the ones who walk away the most being like, "Wow, I never knew that." It's the women. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, I didn't. Oh, that's why he does that. So yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you shared that. Now I got to tell you. Phil, I, I typically people say that I'm a they you know they tag me as a motivational speaker, but I'm more of an irritational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to irritate you even as a guest on my show because right. and I'm going to go there and you know I know we haven't met personally, but I love you, man. You're my brother in Christ. But I, I love kind of like going at a different angle. And we're going to go with your dad. We're going to talk about your dad for a second, okay? Yeah. And maybe he won't listen to this, so maybe he won't ever get to hear this being aired. But because <laughs> You're painting this picture of of your dad, Mark Gunger, as this guy who really was a, a bedrock, a solid fixture in your family that really supported your family. Obviously, it's led by example. I got to tell you, I'm impressed with him, and I never even met him for the fact is that you would want to be in ministry with him. 
<laughs> as his son. Yeah, right, 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 because, right, yeah. you know, I, I speak all over the country and my son, you couldn't pay him a million dollars to, to, you know, we love each other, but he's no, nah, I couldn't hang with dad. I wouldn't do that. But uh, so I, I truly respect you. Mad props to your dad for <laughs> being that kind of man. But but now I'm going to irritate you a little bit. OK, all right, now, all right. as great as a man as he he is, what was the most challenging thing growing up with a man like that? Anything in particular, or just in general? Just with in my general, dad? like what what got on your nerves about your dad? Obviously, he was a great man. You know, he he did some, he's doing some great he did some great things as a father. But at the same time, you know, because my son, if my son was on this air right now, he'll tell you, "Oh, my dad's <laughs> awesome. He's great." But then you ask, "Okay, now, Kendall, well, what did your dad do when you were growing up that just got on your last nerve?" <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, no, no, and uh, yeah, we. Uh, we're pretty open with that. Uh, I'll tell them. Probably one of the biggest things, you know, was in this area of like humor. Mm-hmm. Trying to have a conversation with my father was would just drive you insane because he'd ask him just a straightforward question and he'd sit there and just bring back joke answers the entire time. Oh, wow. well, he's one of those guys, eh? <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, it's like you ever wanted something around the house, you go to your mom's like, how come you guys always go to your mom for questions? It's like, have you had a conversation with yourself? <laughs> like, you just want to joke the entire time. It drives us crazy, you know? Um, and then another, uh, probably another thing, and, and, you know, just with, you know, working with family is like, you know, as you would understand, is sometimes you can be so similar to each other, right? I mean, you're related, and and you know, so there's things that your son has similar to you. Mm-hmm. Whilst, whilst, whilst it's nice that sometimes those things go together, um, some of those don't work the same. So, for example, we both, he's very, uh, he's very opinionated, you know, and and he's um, every, everything's uh, kind of a hyperbole to him, mm-hmm. so. You know, everything's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. And so trying to, uh, <laughs> when when you bring up an idea, you know, uh, and you're, you're having an argument about something like maybe I like A and he likes B, mm-hmm. it's sometimes very hard to find the uh, the in-between because if he likes B and I like A, for him, B is the best thing in the world, A is the worst thing ever. Right, <laughs> but right. then I'll, I'll view it the same way. Not nah, be the worst thing ever. A is the best thing ever, and so sometimes you'll kind of butt, uh, you'll butt heads in there, and that's just kind of a thing of having like a, you know, because he's a strong-willed dude, you know, which is that's part of what makes him great. That's part of why he does what he does, and he can chooses to do the right things because this is the right thing to do. But that strong-willed man, sometimes that, uh, yeah, that can butt heads, especially when you're, um, you know, as a son, kind of growing up, and you're want to try something your own way, or do this or that, and oh no, that's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. the good thing is we've learned how to uh, get through that. So you know, you'll kind of argue over stuff, and then usually we'll come back and, hey, maybe maybe, maybe you were right. <laughs> well, and, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, Phil, because I do want our men to know that you can be great men of God and be great husbands, great fathers, but at the same time that um you know we're still we're still works in progress and even with your dad i'm sure if he was on the air right now he'd be telling us the same thing that this is what i probably do to get on my kids nerves (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you know even as as a dad who they respect and admire but i I do want to ask you this one last question before we transition into the um, the infamous man up questions is um as far as what because laughter is a, a big part of what you guys do um why do you believe that 
your dad is, you know, I know obviously it may be part of his anointing and this is gifting, but why does he believe laughter is so important um, today in marriage and in, with couples? Why is that? Such, is it like research he's done on this or he just kind of like, well, this is just what I do. Where did you guys, why, why do you guys think this is so important to successful marriages? Yeah, he, uh, he incorporates a lot of it is just because that's how he is. Right. Um, and, and in fact, if, if, and, and, and when he started, he actually thought that that's what's wrong with him. Oh, so, yeah. So, so when you listen to some of his really, really early stuff, if anyone's ever floating around there, you'll hear him say, I'm serious after almost everything he says, mm. because he'll say something, people start laughing and then it goes, no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's what he sort he discovered. It was sort of just kind of led there through God and, and yeah, I mean, the research is there on how using humor to communicate and all that stuff. But um, when all of a sudden he sort of just you know started doing this stuff and he's sitting there thinking no one's listening to me because they're just laughing. Right. Um, when all of a sudden he started coming back and he started hearing and again, you know, because he he's very direct, you know, uh, he's direct in his preaching. He's direct in everything he does. And so he's sitting there saying stuff that most pastors would be fearful that they're going to lose their jobs if they say. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, people are laughing at it because of the, of the way you bring in the humor. So now you're having people who are getting told stuff in church that most pastors might think that they could never say. Right. And it's in there. And it's and that's why a lot of these people, man, that's the first time I ever heard anyone say that. I first time I ever heard anyone say that. With humor – you can be very direct with things. I mean, look at a lot of comedians, man. Comedians will hit some very touchy, mm-hmm. political, correct, cultural issues, mm-hmm. and they'll take it out of the place of being owie, owie, and they'll move it into where you can laugh and actually have like a more of an honest discussion about it. Right. right. You know, so that's why, you know, the humor thing, uh, bringing it in, that's why. I love doing it. You know, it's just a way, man. If I have to get up there and talk about some of the stuff, if all of a sudden I can get you laughing about it and point out, you know, uh, just how absurd some certain things are. Right. All of a sudden, people are like, okay, I'll listen to this. All right, I'll listen to that. And it's hilarious because I mean, I'll do. I was doing a conference uh, the other day. I was actually out at Andrews Air Force Base. We do a lot of stuff yeah, for the military. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was speaking to those guys. And I'm going off some of this stuff, you know, and uh, talking about men, you know, hey, you know, how just even doing chores and stuff can be like simple acts of kindness. To, like, of course, I'm going through and I'm kind of I'm being funny about it. And, you know, and there are guys and you can tell that this couple has had this argument 8000 times before. But now because I'm getting them to laugh, they are just in tears and laughing and the guy is just standing up and he's just telling me, no, man, you're selling me out. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> just, and you're just going back and forth. And, of course, then you just kind of have a you know a little bit of a conversation with the crowd there and stuff. But, I mean, here, if you were to bring this stuff up before that you know that it would probably send these two off and they'd get extremely upset at each other. Oh, yeah, that's what I can't stand about her. And she's always trying to get me to do this. And, oh, that's what I can't stand about him. Also, I'm getting these dudes to laugh about this thing. And if him and his wife are sitting there laughing and they're, you're able to actually get through to them like, all right, I'll listen to you now. So, uh, yeah, that's, I, I just – I love that. I love seeing that reaction on people. And Phil, you know, I, I lied. I said, I, I said, that's going to be the last question before I get into the man up questions. But because you just brought this up and started talking about humor and how, you know, you can say stuff from, you know, from the pulpit that, 
you know the pastor normally couldn't say but because you, you know you guys wrap humor around it it makes it you know a little bit more i guess um uh, palatable for people to receive it but i want to ask you a question and I'm, and I'm hoping it's not crazy but <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to couples themselves is it possible i'm just asking is it possible that you can kind of diffuse some of the serious situations that conflicts that you have in marriage by using humor is that possible and if so do you have any suggestions on how you can make something not appear so serious that it doesn't have to go into a full-fledged argument if you can just incorporate humor into it. Is that even possible? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, people will take a lot of the stuff from our seminar and then use that to communicate with each other. Really? And, and, and yeah, and certain, uh, you know, for, for example, um, <coughs> uh, let's see which one I can pick here. Or, you know, pro probably the biggest one is uh, when we're talking about the differences between men's and women's brains, we talk about how men have this box in their brain that has absolutely nothing in it. Yeah. And, and in fact, we call it the nothing box. <laughs> nothing box. <laughs> yeah. And if a man has a chance, he'll go to his nothing box every time. And then we say, and then we start, you know, using these jokes and stuff. So, so for example, you know, when your wife comes to you and she says, what you thinking about? Mm -hmm. And you say, Nothing. And she gets mad at you, it's because she's convinced you're withholding from her some deep emotional truth. Right. I tell the lady, but ladies, really, there's nothing there. You know, and you should see the look on the ladies' faces of all of a sudden, oh, this is why he wants this. And then we and then we talk about how that affects stress. Say, for example, when a man is stressed out, the place he wants to run to is his nothing box every time, mm -hmm. right? Because we're men, right? Mm -hmm. We just want to chill, we don't want to think about it, clear the mind, because we're men. Right. Right. They say, hey, but ladies, this is also why when you're stressed out, because your husband loves you, he cares about you, he sees that you're stressed out, he looks in his little tool bag, he pulls out the finest solution he has, and he comes over to you when you're stressed out and he says, well, stop thinking about it. <laughs> well, just stop thinking about it, hon. You just need to clear. Of course, this is the time when she's reaching for the knives, right? She wants to do it, you know. But the reason he's doing it, and we say, guys, listen. That's not what she needs, okay? She needs to make all these connections in her brain. She needs to talk stuff through, okay? And we actually we talk about that. And then we tell these ladies, say, now, ladies, you do the same thing to your husbands, right? You see that he's stressed out. You care for the boy. You love the boy. So you go and you offer your finest solution. Mm -hmm. And you tell him, talk to me. Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? Oh, of course, and you're just stressing him out more. And normally these things, these little things like this, Man, they send you, and next thing you know, you're off to the races, and you're in some argument about something. Well, now, and all of a sudden, these guys can even bring in this concept, just something as simple as the nothing box. Now, they can joke about this. Now, she comes over, and she wants to talk to him. You know, she'll be like, well, okay, hold on a second. Are you in your nothing box? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you need to get out of that for a second. Focus on me. Or she knows that when he's stressed out, oh, I, just, I, just, I need to go to my nothing box. I just need to go to my nothing box. Well, now you can bring in these things that were jokes, and you're able to talk about stuff in mm -hmm. ways – you know, that it's not so crazy serious. But again, humor is huge because it's, it sort of takes things away from being so personal and so direct, right? That's what comedy is. That's why you can talk about serious political issues or social issues or whatever because all of a sudden you're joking about it and it's not me attacking you. And yet so much in the marriage because we get so selfish and we're convinced that because the reason he's doing what he's doing is because he's this evil man, 
or the reason she's doing what she's doing is she's so evil, and so we get real upset about it, and everything becomes serious. When all of a sudden you realize that we're just different, and you can start bringing some humor in there. Oh, she's just being like this, or she's being like that, or, you know, women be shopping, or whatever it is. You know, I mean, you can go in, and you can start to start to see that, oh, that's just why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. It diffuses things for you. It takes it away from being thinking that everything is this evil attack against you and just start to realize that, oh, yeah, I guess we're just a little bit different and we're doing this. And you see it, you see it in successful marriages. I mean, you talked about it before with you and your own wife. You know, right. there'd be certain things and you guys joke about it. There'd probably be other couples that would look at you and go, oh, I can't believe you'd laugh about that. Right. That's right. a serious issue. I can't believe that she would do that. And you're sitting there looking at him like, dude, chill out. It's just a joke. Relax, you know? So, so I'm so. not crazy. That That's great that you're saying. So we have to look for those opportunities. You know, the key takeaway that I'm hearing from this is because we know there's going to be some serious things that you can't joke about. But in general, most of the stuff we make mountains out of molehills anyway. But what you're saying and my takeaway from this is when you have to have some a somewhat serious conversation, try to make it not be personal by incorporating humor into it so that can diffuse the situation. Because because I'm looking now, I'm reflecting that, yeah, I've seen that happen a lot of times in our marriage, but I never thought that was a science to that. I just thought <laughs> we were just trying to be funny. But but I, I, I love that, Phil. This is great information, man. But now, Phil, now I'm ready to take you through <laughs> the infamous man of questions, man. And I told you this about before you came on the show, that it's basically five questions that we ask, starting with the letters M-A-N-U-P. And they just require brutal honesty. And I'm sure yours is going to be probably not just honest, but also hilarious. So I can't wait <laughs> to, to ask you these questions. So the question is, Phil, are you ready? All right, let's do it. All right. And we'll get started right after this short break. We'll be right back with Phil Gunger, and he's going to be ready to answer the man up questions. Do you know that no one has ever become a champion without a coach? Think about it. Any athlete who's ever made it to the Olympics, let alone won a gold medal, has ever gotten there without a qualified coach or a group of coaches. So if that's the case, if you're serious about becoming a champion husband, father, or leader, then my question is, who's coaching you? That's why I've officially launched the Real Men Connect 21-Day Coaching Program. My goal? To help you become the man and spiritual champion God called and created you to be. If you're going to succeed as a man of God, it's going to take faith, wisdom, and accountability. So you need a proven Christian coach, mentor, and teacher who's literally helped hundreds go from good to great God's way. I've been an award-winning educator for more than 23 years, and I've been coached and trained by some of the best in the country. So whether it's strengthening your faith, improving your marriage, growing your ministry, or even breaking an addiction, let me coach you for 21 days to help you finally get the breakthrough you've been looking for. Just go to realmenconnect.com or call 423-763-7675 for details. Availability is limited, but satisfaction is guaranteed. All right, we're back with Phil Gunger, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Laugh Your Way America, and he said he's ready for the man of questions. And Phil, we're going to start with the letter M, which stands for mistake, okay? Now, as a husband, as a husband yourself, what did you learn the most from as a man as far as just my biggest mistake yes the fact that i've made myself so wonderful <laughs> that uh <laughs> man, we know your wife's not we I make sure that your wife does not kirsty is not going to listen to this we're going to make sure she doesn't listen to this man oh yeah yeah she has a very, very different take <laughs> um 
No, nah, honestly, biggest mistake, which I think a lot of guys do, is simply just I think just being selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, I think most men are by nature we're takers, right? right. Every, everything in life is about taking, taking, taking. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be the best at everything we do, the best at this and that. And we're just always take, take, take. And when it comes to the point for me, is like a a husband or a dad or anything like that is to remember, oh yeah, I have to give as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I have to give into this relationship. I need to give and spend time with my kids. Now. Doesn't mean I do it like a woman. I do it as a man. You know, dad time is very different than mom time with the kids. Uh, you know, if at some point me and my three boys, there's not physical danger involved at some point. It's like it doesn't even seem like it's worth it. <laughs> you know, we got to do something crazy. But it's about that thing, not being so selfish and uh, remembering to focus on, um, you know, my family. Right. You know, I wear a band around my wrist. Phil, if you saw it, it, it's it's a red band that has It's Not About Me written on it. And I never take it off. And people say, why do you wear that band? I said, because I have a a, a problem. I have a, a disease. They say, what's the disease? <laughs> I said, the disease is I'm always on my mind and I need to stop it. <laughs> so whenever I find myself being self-consumed, I pop that, that band on my wrist to remind me, Joe, this is not about you. So I think yeah. I'm in the same boat with you with that mistake about yeah, yeah, being yeah. selfish. <laughs> Now, let's, awesome. let's get to the A. The A stands for attitude. And obviously, you and your dad in your ministry, you work with a lot of men, a lot of husbands, and you guys draw them out. But if there's an attitude you could change, and that's what the A stands for, attitude. If there's an attitude you could change in the husbands that you see, maybe in men in general, what would it be? It would be um, it, it'd be this. Uh, kinda, I kind of hit on it before where it's um, the attitude of when we say I do – means I'm done. Mm-hmm. But to remember that your wife, like her entire life to her is basically like a high school dance where she's sitting against the wall and hoping that some boy will ask her to dance. Right. And see, that's how we get our wives to fall in love with us in the dating process, right? Because she already knows we're ugly, you know? So we got to <laughs> like, we got to win her over in some way. So it's a little acts of kindness and doing this and that and always remembering to choose her. And so it's this. It's the attitude of a guy flick, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even guy flicks and chick flicks are actually very similar, you know, uh, in, in this way. At some point in the movie, the hero always goes back for the girl, right? Be it Jerry Maguire or some man flick, you know, you got some guy, he's out there and he's winning the battle. And at some point he turns and looks at his guys and says, go on without me, man. I got something I got to do. <laughs> right. And and he goes back for the girl, right? Mm-hmm. Well, life be like this as well. So I always tell men, I try and remember this myself, go out there, win the battles, fight the battles, be a man, go out there and challenge, do life, but don't forget to go back for the girl. Right. Don't lose that attitude that I'm going to win, I'm going to conquer, I'm going to do whatever I can, but I'm not going to forget about this girl. You know, we always tell guys, so if you're out too late with your buddies at some point, you know, you need to stop and turn and say, go on without me, boys. I got something I got to do. That's right. That's right. You, you go back, you rescue that girl from the camp of the enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, oh man, you mean like the monsters in the, the movies? No, no, no. I mean your children. Go yeah. back and rescue that poor woman. <laughs> we go back and we need to, <laughs> need to do that. So, that's the attitude. Don't forget to go back for the girl. Love that. I love that, Phil. Now, the N stands for for next. And you guys, are your seminars and your conferences are hugely successful. But in addition to your success, what's the next big thing you and your dad would like to, to do for God if you couldn't fail when it comes to ministry? 
Ah, uh, that's a that's a big one there. I would probably say, well, for for me, I'll speak. I guess I don't know every little desire that's in my father's heart. Uh, for me, in ministry, if and what really drives me is if there's to, you know to find those ways to get the young people to get these concepts of what makes a good relationship in their brains early on and maybe before they're married for something like that for me that would be huge because you know the truth is a lot of people that we see i mean they've been you know married for a while or do this that or another thing i see is i I just see this the culture that just seems to be afraid to get married Mm -hmm. just afraid of it and and they're putting their hope on what makes a good marriage and stuff that is not solid you know um and it just it it drives me and i and i'm always thinking of ways like how can i get this in (laughs) to these people early on you know because that's a because that's a trick obviously we do marriage seminars if you're not married, you're not likely to go to a marriage seminar. So it, uh, that, you know, that honestly, that that's kind of something that's in there. Like if there's a way to get in and like just speak to the young folks, just start teaching them about these same principles. But man, it's good to learn about crazy before you get there. You know, you gotta start start learning about this stuff so that when you get married, that you're not clueless and not sure what to do. And it's something I, honestly, I mean, I think people really start to understand this stuff and start to understand uh, kind of the blueprint about what makes a good marriage. You're going to start seeing more young people get married young, which I think is good because I think a lot of young people struggle with staying pure simply because they think, well, I can't get married until I'm 30 years old or something, you know? Yeah. And I agree with you, Phil, being in education and working in education over 23 years, um, I believe premarital counseling when people couples are going to get premarital counseling, I think it's too late. I think it, you should be doing premarital oh, counseling like in middle school. <laughs> premarital okay. counseling, man, those people aren't listening to you. That's right. They're, they're, just, they're doing it and they're just smiling. Oh, <laughs> we're so in love though, but we're perfect. It's like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Now, how ironic is that that you'll have the kids, you have more of their attention in middle school talking about marriage than you would when they're getting when they're engaged? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. But you know, maybe we can talk about that. We need to put together some program for the young people because I, I definitely agree with you. I've been teaching my son about marriage since he was in like late middle school, and people said, "Why are you doing it?" And I said, "When should I wait? When he gets engaged?" Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. So yeah, I've been he's pre- not listening to you then. <laughs> right, he's not listening. So anyway, <laughs> now let, let's get to the you, and the you is understanding. We're going to take you back to being a younger man, Phil. Back, let's say twenty-one when you were twenty-one. Uh, when you were younger at twenty-one, what was the one thing you didn't understand about being a man? that you know better now? You know, probably the biggest thing is um, understanding the concept of being responsible for, kind of almost tying back into that selfish thing, mm-hmm. uh, being responsible for things other than just myself. Right. You know, when you're a young man, you just think like, just do what you feel. Do what you feel. And what kind of stinks is there's a lot of people in culture that tell you, oh, just be honest with your feelings. Yeah. You know? Also, at some point in a man, you realize, if I am honest with my feelings all the time, I am going to get myself in a heap yeah, a lot of trouble. trouble. Cause you know what? There's some mornings, Joe, I don't feel like going to work. Right. <laughs> but apparently when I don't show up, the boss doesn't take kindly to that and I'm out of a job. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and sometimes I might feel like I'm really upset at someone. 
And you start realizing at some point, you know what? It's better to be nice than to always say everything that I feel. So that, that was a big one. Realizing, dude, it's not all about you. It's not all about what you feel and what you want. And uh, kind of growing up and being a man and having a life slap you in the face a few times, you know, you learn pretty quickly. All right. That's good, Phil. And here's the last question, and I'll get you off the hot seat. Is, is, <laughs> is the, P, the, the man up to pee is a problem. And as a mighty man of God, which you are, what one problem in your life, even as successful as you are as a husband and a father right now, um, and in ministry, what do you still struggle with as a man even today? So many, Joe. So many. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this one because this has been recently. You know, a lot of people, they think, um, oh, because we get up and do this marriage seminar, we must just do all of this perfect. Like, oh, no, no. Like, I'm preaching and talking to myself almost every time that I say this stuff. Same here. Yeah. What, one of the biggest thing is – listening to my wife and actually doing what she asked me to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as simple as that is, mm-hmm. man, because it's truth. I'm a man. Most men, when you tell us something, right, it goes in one ear and it shoots out the other. Or I always think, gee, I'll get around to that when I want to do it. And I kind of forget how important some of these things are to my wife. Because the truth is, the house could be a mess and I could probably, I could really care less. I could probably live like a hamster, you know, wad up some paper, sleep over here, poop over there, and I'm good. But for my, for my wife, and she needs something more than that. So when she asked me to help clean this up, you know, everything from taking out the garbage to can you just clean up the garage finally, and realizing, oh yeah, I need to do this for the girl. I need to be nice to the girl. I need to be nice to the girl. Uh, so yeah, so for me, it's even it's some of those simple, small little things. Just some of the biggest, you know. And I think in most men, it's the stuff we do. I'm sure I'll struggle with this until the day that I see the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Hey, hey join, join the club, brother. <laughs> well, Phil, that was a, you did a great job on the Man Up question, man. That was awesome. Thanks for being so transparent and honest with us about that. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And guys, guess what? We're at the end of the show today. Um, but don't you worry. We'll be back to do it all again with a new guest, with new insights and new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And I'd like to thank my guest, Phil Gunger, for joining us today and for being so gracious with his time. Phil, thank you so much for being on the Real Men Connect podcast. Uh, thank you so much. It was great to be on here. Um, glad we got to just chat about some issues for guys. So, you know, and based on what you broke down earlier about the, the four things, the four sessions that you guys do in your, your seminars, I'm sure yeah. if you don't mind, we would love to bring you back on to discuss at least one of those topics, if not a couple of them, because I think oh, we sure. have a great conversation on that. And oh, also, yeah, yeah. Phil, for our listeners out there, if they wanted to find out more about what you and your dad are doing with Laugh Your Way America, how could they get in contact with you or find out more information? Yeah, the best way to find out about us is going to our website. It's laughyourway.com. That's L-A-U-G-H for laugh. But you go to laughyourway.com. You can jump on. You can find out where we're going to be, where you can find a seminar near you. You can uh, check out, you know, we got books and DVDs and all kinds of resources um, that you can go check out. So, yeah, hit laughyourway.com. Thanks, Phil. And we'll make sure we'll also include that URL in the show notes so they'll have a way of connecting if they can't write down the information that you just gave them. And uh, we'll also try to put in maybe if you if your social media feeds, we can even add that to the show notes as well. So we cool. appreciate it. And to all of you guys out there, 
Man, thank you guys for listening, but do us a huge favor. This is so important. Guys, you know, we've climbed the rankings and we're now the number one podcast on iTunes for Christian men. And the way we can stay there is if you take about 30 seconds to go over to iTunes and rate the program. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Share this episode with your friends. Until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you, that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man that God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in his grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.